And the more you tune inward and the more flexible you can be and not be so rigid with your diet and what it is that you need, the better you're going to feel. Because like I said, as we're getting older, you know, as our priorities change and our lives change, we're always going to need different things. There may be times in your life where you do feel better on a plant-based diet and you do feel better eating less meat. And then you know if you're super active or you're pregnant and you're you know literally bringing a child into this world and your body needs more energy maybe you do need more meat and just listening to that is so 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 important Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. Happy Monday and welcome back for another episode of our podcast. We're so happy to have you. And I feel like we always start off these episodes in a very chaotic mood. And it's going to get even more chaotic this week because I am about to like make Hannah's day really quickly with my captivation like we're just gonna I'm gonna go ahead and jump right into it okay um because for those of you that don't know Hannah's a speech pathologist which means I don't know what that means uh but <laughs> you tell me like what you do daily at your job and I'm like mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. like cool awesome I don't know what any of that means but mm-hmm. I love that for you yes. I love that you're thriving so. and I've added myofunctional therapist to my title too so and infant cool. feeding specialist <laughs> So I have quite groovy, quite the knowledge. <laughs> Rad, groovy, Rad. awesome. You're um. like also still don't know what any of those things mean. <laughs> They're just words at this point. They're just um, words and words. But I saw a TikTok about this. Okay, and I am basically the kind of person I sound so vain and narcissistic when I say this. I'm fully aware of that um but if you tell me that something i'm doing in my life is going to make me ugly <laughs> you're going to stop it i'm going to be going <laughs> to correct that behavior and fix it especially when it comes to my face because so. i still am an actor <laughs> and this is where i make money so what so. is making you ugly <laughs> mouth breathing <laughs> Oh my gosh. If you guys only knew the rabbit hole that I go down about mouth breathing every single day at my job. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what did you buy? I bought Tell these the little, um, like basically fancy tape, um, that you put on your mouth at night when you're sleeping to, um, like shut your mouth and basically support nasal, nasal breathing. And I don't ever think that I'm a huge like mouth breather at night. I feel like it maybe opens like a little bit, but like I was just so worried that like I'm doing it uh, like subconsciously and I have no idea. Um, so better be safe than sorry because I uh, don't want a longer face and I don't want a receding chin and I would like higher cheekbones. And if I can get a stronger jawline than I already have, perfect also i heard it helps like with so many other things in your life apparently i did not realize that literally breathing out of the other hole in my face caused this much freaking catastrophe to my body who would have fucking thought that honestly let's be real for two seconds these little two small holes in my face are what i'm supposed to be breathing out of but god forbid i breathe out the one huge one (laughs) that one is for eating why the fuck does air go in and out of it sometimes like you you burp (laughs) i don't the air is going out of your mouth when you burp when you cough like i I, what else do you want like i can't hope that air is also going to come through that way too as well so like no and it's it's okay it's okay every now and then but yeah no it is but who would have thought that would have caused so much catastrophe to someone's body though like what I always knew mouth breathing was like weird. Like I always thought that I was like, why? I was like, why do so many people like hold their mouth open during the day? Cause like my mouth was always closed. But until I went and really learned about orofacial myofunctional disorders, I didn't realize I had one myself um, where my tongue, so my tongue was resting down in my mouth when actually 
your appropriate oral rest posture is tongue up in the palate. Um, like your whole tongue your up. Your whole mine, entire tongue. Not just the tip. Not the just tip. The, not just like the midway to the tip. Like the entire tongue is supposed to be up there. And some people have a higher palate or a more narrow palate, which palate is the roof of your mouth, for those that don't know. Um, and so it's a little bit harder to get it up there. But when your tongue is up in your palate and your mouth is closed, your airway is at the size that it should be to breathe. When your mouth is open and your tongue is down, it narrows your airway, which is why a lot of people will snore at night, which is why people grind their teeth. It's their brain's way of waking them up to breathe. Yep. It's your skull that's cutting off your airway. It's like. your the base of your tongue. The, ba- oh, the base oh. of your tongue is narrowing your airway because when it's down in the fl- in the floor of the mouth, it's retracting backwards and closing that airway off. So my tongue does need to be pushing forward. Your tongue should be forward and up in the top of your mouth. Okay. You should be able to make a cave, a little bat cave. That's what I tell my clients. I don't know what that means. It's okay. Um. I'll have to show. I'll have to show you. It is. But yeah, so I do. I do a lot. I work with a ton of people, um, babies, like day old babies, week old babies, month old babies um, who are having like really like difficulty with breastfeeding or bottle feeding or, or, you know, open mouth posture at rest and at night. And so um, we work a lot with trying to get them to where they need to be so that they can grow because it can make your like mid, um, your mid face flat, like your maxilla where your cheekbones are supposed to be. So a lot of times people, yeah, a lot of times people have a flat mid face or they'll have some retrusion with their chin being back. It's just very interesting. A lot of people have like that show signs, um, have like dark circles under their eyes. They don't sleep well. They're restless. It's just, I, the list goes on inattentive, inattentiveness, hyperactivity, ADHD, like all the things that are chalked up to just being something else. How does mouth breathing correlate to ADHD that I've heard this like I don't understand how mouth yeah. breathing is associated to my neurotransmitters and my brain not working well correctly. you're not getting the isn't it like uh what is the gas that you release when you Carbon breathe through dioxide? your nose I don't know let's look it up no you're um it's nitric oxide yeah so nitric oxide is produced in the sinuses and is excreted into the nasal airways of humans um, and so your nose gets rid of that, I think, when you breathe out of your nose. But yeah, like nasal patency and nasal breathing is really important. Sometimes people who have like enlarged tonsils or adenoids have a hard time like breathing yeah, I'm through like, their why nose. Why don't we just start? Why do we? Why don't we just start getting rid why of tonsils? Don't, why don't we just evaluate kids when they're little? That's my question. I could go on in and I could literally talk about this. I went, I went to a speech therapist when I was a kid because I had a um, I couldn't say spaghetti correctly uh, or my THs. I don't know. I just couldn't say my THs. I have like I just remember going to this room at the school and doing that. I don't remember anything that I. I remember my mom said I couldn't. I said spaghetti, and I couldn't say parentheses. Um, So like things like that. Yeah. But. yeah, yeah that, 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 that all they did was focus on like the vocal part of it. Like they didn't focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then there's the whole rabbit hole of tongue ties and how that correlates to mouth breathing and oral facial malfunctional disorders and difficulty chewing and picky eating and like different kinds of production of speech and difficulty making our sounds. I mean, it is just one thing after the other. And so that is my day to day is what what I love doing in my nine to five. I am very passionate about helping people get to the right providers and doing myofunctional therapy to help them have better control over their tongue and their lips and all of that. So because like, yes, I am glad I know about this. So I can now like start like, I can't correct everything. I don't think because I am like almost 30, but I can correct some things and like prevent it from getting worse. But I also know me, I'm going to fucking hyper fixate on this. Like all day yesterday, all I could think about yesterday is where the fuck is my tongue? (laughs) (laughs) I know you were like, you were sending me pictures. You were like, okay, this part of the tongue from the Q-tip up is what goes in the top of my mouth. No, but we were, before we got on, I was, I was showing you about my facial asymmetries and you were like, what, Mm -hmm. what, what do you mean? And I was like, you said, isn't it just your eyebrow? And I said, actually, it's the entire right side of my face didn't develop and it's not as high as the left side. So my right side is squishy while my left side is more developed. Um, and it's just very interesting. Like I've been through, I've been through, 
through like this huge course and I'm like working on my certification. Um, and I've been doing all kinds of like continuing ed listening to things. And there's a lot of um, really big people that I follow on Instagram who just like uh, don't bullshit and just like say it like it is. Um, and it's just been very encouraging because I feel like now the general public is like starting to show more interest in learning about how something like mouth breathing can affect how they look. Um, and so I think that there's going to be a shift in the medical community eventually. And hopefully some of these things will be addressed earlier on so that we're not 30 and saying, well, what the heck? Why don't I have cheekbones? So, um, yeah, cause now I gotta go fucking pay a plastic surgeon for this shit. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I've seen several influencers who like list off all of these, like, these like things they're like oh I snore or my mouth's open or I drool my pillow or whatever but I'm gonna go fix my chin because it's like retreated and I'm like you're retreated because you're likely having some other difficulties but but like yeah like you kind yeah, of like, my like chin a quick isn't, fix my chin isn't like receding or anything like no. that like I have a chin um no you're but my good. jawline does go down and then I don't have cheekbones and like my under eyes I have bags because I don't have cheekbones because there's not enough mm-hmm. fat there to support underneath my eyes well and you probably don't get as adequate as adequate sleep as you actually think that you do that's like the oh, no, biggest I don't, thing I don't sleep hardly right, at all right <laughs> well and I was telling you earlier I was like my double chin is very prominent because I cannot get the very very back of my tongue up even though I've been through tongue tie release I didn't do everything I was supposed to but I also think that I was so tight in the back that I need to have it done again to release the fascia which is the the tissue that goes from the tip of the tongue to the tip of the toes and so like to release that fascia give me a little bit more room so I can actually get my entire tongue up to the palate I'm close I'm just not 100% there and I really want to go through it again and do it like would for real. it help would it help with your with your singing at all so so many people have asked me that I actually think yes um and I because I wonder if like yeah. since I can't get the back of my tongue up I'm like huh like I have always struggled with certain notes and everything yeah. even though like I like went through training and stuff I'm like yeah. I wonder if like I had that correction like if it would allow me to be able to like hit higher notes because I'd be able I'd have more airway and stuff or like so, hold a belt longer and use vibrato more I will say after I had my phrenectomy done I no, so when I used to sing, like I sang a ton in college, underneath my tongue was so sore, like just from talking, like I just felt very v- fatigued. And then also the more and more that I was like talking or singing, I always noticed that I have just a very, very, very slight inner dental S, which is like a lisp. Um, and it's better. I st- I'm just, I'm very conscious of how I talk and how I sound because I am a speech well, pathologist also, and we, it's my entire we world. We also have this podcast. We talk, and I sing, like, but I, I do think um, another girl in the class that I took, um, she was also an opera singer and she said that she noticed some improvements post-phrenectomy too. Um, so I definitely think it can help in a, in a majority of ways. It's not like a, a, f- a quick fix though. Like you yeah. do have to, like you have to go through like for me for phrenectomy I had to go I had to do like neuromuscular re-education I had to literally use my brain to tell my muscles where to go because they weren't ever used that way for oh my god like 28 years um and so like I can now point my tongue out and like activate the sides of the the tongue the transverse muscles I can activate them to stick it straight out Blaine (laughs) my husband tells me that I look like for those of you, I know you didn't watch SpongeBob, but for those of you that watch SpongeBob, there's the episode where Sandy is like um, lassoing a snake, but she lassoes the tongue of the worm or whatever. And he said that my tongue looks like that tongue, and it's a very ugly tongue. So I got like my feelings. What the fuck did your tongue look like? Like what? Look, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I'm it's not just... using my jaw or my lips or my teeth to hold it, and your tongue tip curls up when you do it. Can I'm you purposely doing that? Oh. But can you get it up off of your lips? Like open your mouth, <laughs> get it up off your teeth. I've never tried. I've never tried to do that, <laughs> so, so you, I don't know. No, well, so no, no. Maybe the sides of your tongue muscles like just don't activate that same way. Also, yeah. I've never actively tried yeah, to do well, that, so I, mean, I don't it's, know. <laughs> it's part of my job, but yeah. So, so yeah, I've learned a lot about a lot about all the things, and it's just very, been very interesting to me. Um, I think it attributed to some of my picky eating. Um, 
I had a really hard time chewing and chewing fatiguing and all of that can be attributed to all the things. So I am just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this. So if you have questions, I'll let a girl know. I we'll cannot just do an episode on this. <laughs> like I cannot help you if you do not live in the state of North Carolina because I'm only licensed in North Carolina. However, <laughs> you will be examining me when we go to New York. Though. Yes, that's on the side. And like for a friend, I guess fine. <laughs> I'm just like, deeply curious about it because I always thought I was like oh yeah like <laughs> this is no offense to you or your job but I was like oh yeah like I don't that's nothing I need to worry about like that's just <laughs> well and like to be completely fair like before I really like dove deep into this topic like I also wasn't aware of it mm-hmm. uh, even learning the things that I had learned in graduate school like these things were not taught and so I, I was telling you earlier like I feel myself pulling away from the like typical medical model into the more like holistic like whole body airway focused like side of medicine because I just feel like it's really important to take care of your body as a whole just like we preach in speech therapy like we address the whole child not just the speech like the speech sound Mm -hmm. disorder or the language disorder like we address all of the things we address like sensory we address like emotional regulation like all of the things and so I think it's important for us to do the same thing like it's silly for us to just be like yeah I'm gonna take that pill because somebody told me to and not try to get to the root of the problem and I think that I'm really starting to ask the question well why like why like why is mouth breathing like why is it a problem and like or or like if I see something I'm like okay why are they doing that and I want to get to the root of the problem instead of just putting a band-aid on it so Well, it was something that I got really aware of because I don't, I don't ever recall myself purpose, like as I was older, maybe as a kid, yeah, I definitely did mouth breathe. But like as an adult, I do remember, I don't mouth breathe, but when I was acting and I was on camera, people would think I was because I would leave my mouth open sometimes. I'm like, I'm not breathing. It's just my reaction. Like I'm just like in shock. And mm-hmm. like, like there are shots like in my film where like my mouth is slightly open and it's just like a like a what? Like I'm just like it's a it's just naturally what I gear to when I'm trying to give a certain reaction to something. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that doesn't read to people, but um I became hyper aware of it mm-hmm. as um when I started acting, I was like, I'm just not gonna ha- I'm gonna have to change my reaction to do yeah. something different so people don't think that. And it challenged me a little bit more and it was something where I just was always after that so conscious of my mouth positioning, especially when I was on camera. Um, and so I feel like that's when I actively, like when you said, like we were telling me all about this stuff, I was like, Oh, I don't feel like don't mouth breathe. Like I actively am always having my mouth closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was just so self-conscious. I was like, well, maybe I'm doing it in my sleep and I have no idea. And that's um, typically when it happened. Like for people, like even for me, like, you mm-hmm. know, me, I snore randomly Mm-hmm. Um, I grind my teeth. I have bone that's grown in my mouth from grinding my teeth. Um, and so I didn't realize I was a mouth breather. The other time that I'm a mouth breather is when I'm working out. I have a really, really hard time. I have a really I, hard time. I've been actively working on it and I do it way less than I used to. But I used so, to, to mouth breathe the entire time I was exercising. So I inhale through my nose, but I exhale through my mouth. Because that's what they tell you to do so you don't get cramps. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I'm not crazy, right? That's what they no, told me to do on track. I'm literally, I'm literally doing crunches and like I'm inhaling through my nose, but I'm exhaling through my mouth. Like I'm literally like, <sighs> Which and like, and like to sum all the things up, like if you mouth breathe like a couple of times a day, like you're not going to break your body. Like it is mm-hmm. going to be okay. But like the majority of the time, close your mouth if you can. Now, if you can't, if you literally cannot, like, breathe through your nose during the day, I would not tape at night because there may be some obstruction or structural reason. So just be careful, cautious. Yeah. Yeah. But your body yeah. will wake you up. Like, if you tape, if you do mouth tape at night and you can't breathe, your body's going to wake you up and take that tape off. Just like we all took our retainers out in our sleep. Well, Remember how they used mom. to always end up in the case next to your bed? Oh, my tongue would just... <laughs> Flick. No, I wouldn't. I mean, do the end of the case. My tongue would just naturally flick it out of it, my mouth. Yes. <laughs> like, oh my god, um, I love it. But no, my mom. She was. Uh, she mouth breathes. She snores a ton. And I, not to drag you, mom, but uh, 
I was telling her that she needs to start taping her mouth at night, and she was so worried that she was going to suffocate. I'm like, well, suffocation's pretty painful, um, so I feel like you would feel that um, if you started suffocating. Right. And like I said, you're just using scotch tape, not duct tape, so you should easily be able to remove it from your mouth. Right, <laughs> right. Well, and her body's already waking her by snoring, yeah. so. So these, the ones I got from Amazon, back to what my captivation was, they're in the shape of lips. I think they're so cute. I, that was one reason I was like, if I'm going to get mouth tape, it's not just going to be scotch tape. Like, be I got to make cute. it cute. But I also have really sensitive of skin, um, especially my face, to adhesives. Uh, I always break out with any type of adhesive I put on my face, bandages, anything like that. Like the glue in it, whatever it is, causes a rash or irritation on my skin. So these were made for sensitive skin and they really feel comfortable. Like I couldn't feel it on my mouth last night when I slept. And um, there's like a little bitty hole in the middle. So like, you know, if you do like need to breathe, uh, like me who woke up in the middle of the night from a bad dream and gasped and was like, oh, <laughs> you know, my mouth is taped shut. Um, but yeah, like you can, it just, it promotes me to like breathe through my nose. And um, yeah, I'll let you know how it keeps going. But so far I've liked these and they're comfortable. And cause I did try the other, like the night before that, which is regular, like, clear tape yeah that was so uncomfortable yeah it was so uncomfortable (laughs) yeah Uh, whereas that was like ten thousand times better i know those are cute mine are really ugly they're like orange (laughs) i'll bring them to new york and you can try them (laughs) i will i love that um well since we're talking about captivations mine is super random and like i feel like kind of a throwback to like my softball days um but i am recently re-obsessed with these um thick headbands oh my god what are they called i don't even know what they're called yeah just headbands just like, like the Y2K little headbands they're like the y2k like where you can wear them like either like covering like your entire uh like yes. hairline back yes. um like the like the influencer gals are wearing them but like you yes. get them like cvs and like i've literally got one on right now because my hair looks so bad um but i think they give like a cool edgy look when you're like wearing your like workout gear and you're like going on a walk or whatever so i i'm really i'm really feeling the headbands again well i like them i think they're cute but i i love talking about this if y'all want to hear more like of a mouth breathing hit hannah up on her instagram at <laughs> hannah adams miller i'll i sometimes post speech stuff there sometimes randomly <laughs> i'll leave a link to all this um on our instagram at the gals guide pod you guys can find all of our captivations there so you can easily click them buy them right then and there they're also in our show notes as well and if you are looking at our show notes you're probably looking at us on spotify or apple podcast so make sure you guys hit that follow button as well leave us a rating and review it really helps us out and if you want to hear more about mouth breathing and have a whole episode on it hit us up in the dms on our uh instagram or on our website thegalsguidepod.com let us know but we have a very special episode today we have an f- amazing guest rachel she's coming on to talk about diet culture and how to get a healthier mindset around food and a relationship with your body and we're so excited to chat with her but before we get into that we're going to do a couple of ad reads and then we're going to jump into the interview Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
buy rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Hey there, gals. So joining us today, we have a lovely nutritional scientist, wellness embodiment coach, and podcaster who focuses on helping women fully heal their relationship with themselves and their bodies. Everybody, please welcome Rachel Katz. Hi, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank We're you so for thrilled. having me. I'm so excited. We're so thrilled to have you. We're so thrilled to talk to you about like just wellness goals, uh, just getting a healthier relationship like with your body and everything that comes like with also being like a nutritional scientist. And I would love to know like before we get into everything, um, is there currently a product or anything that you're just currently captivated by? We would love to tell our listeners. Um, So this is super unrelated to nutrition or wellness. Um, And it's so silly because I normally don't care about celebrity drama at all. Um, But I am so captivated by all of this Selena, Justin, Haley drama. It's just like it. I just can't get away from it. And it like keeps coming on my TikTok feed and Instagram feed. And it's just so interesting to me. And I can't get away from it. I don't know why. It is we were literally, literally <laughs> yeah, we were literally talking about it last week on the podcast. So this this is great. I love that. I love that. <laughs> we're very much in sync with it. But uh yeah, so you are a you're a nutritional scientist. Can you go into a little bit about like like what is that? I, I feel how does it differ from being like a dietitian or a nutritionist or anything like that? Like it sounds so professional, and I would love for you to like tell us like a little bit like what got you into doing that. Yeah, so I studied nutritional science in college, so that's what I got my bachelor's degree in. And the normal path after that would be to become a registered dietitian. Um, so a lot of my friends that went to school with me—that's the, what they went on to do. Um, I personally wanted to go down a different route, a more holistic path, and that's why I became a wellness coach. Um, but I, I guess the diff- the number one difference between me and like a nutritionist is that um, honestly, anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. Like you could get certified online, you could go through a course online, or not even like you're allowed to just call yourself a nutritionist. Um, So I I did go to school and study nutritional science, which is the science behind nutrition and how it relates to the body. Um, Yeah. Interesting. I had no idea that you... That's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that anybody could just call themselves a nutritionist. That makes me so intrigued now to, like, see, like, who I follow now on Instagram and who, like, I've been taking advice from to see if they actually have credentials. So you're the real thing. We love that. Yes. (laughs) Can you tell us, like, a little bit about, like, what made you want to be a coach for other, like, women specifically and what what your story was into becoming a nutritional scientist? Yeah, um, it is kind of a long story, but I'll try to make it nice and short and sweet. Um, But when I was in high school up until the beginning of college, I really struggled with an eating disorder. So I had an eating disorder for many years and really just struggled with my body image and food. And the beginning of college, I started to heal from that. And I wanted to go on this journey to really heal my relationship with food and I felt like all of the traditional methods just weren't really working for me. Like I went to therapy, to traditional therapy. Um, I did all of the things and I felt like there was something missing. So I was determined to go on this path and just kind of figure it out myself. And it did take me some time. Luckily, I did. I did eventually figure it out and um, heal my relationship with food and my body But it was also during that time that I was struggling with a lot of other things as well. I really struggled with my mental health. I had debilitating OCD and anxiety. And I was on birth control at the time. And I started looking into a lot of my symptoms and realizing that a lot of them were being caused by birth control. And I wanted to 
come off of it and I went to see countless doctors like I can't even tell you how many and all of them were just dismissing me and dismissing me and saying like no it's not the birth control like there's nothing wrong just keep continuing and I did my own research and decided to come off of it and the second I came off of birth control I was a completely different person and so much of my anxiety and all of the things that I was going through just kind of went away and I that was the moment where I started to realize that there's a lot wrong with like traditional um like the traditional medical world there's just a lot that needs to be done and that's why I decided to study nutrition and help people heal through the power of food um, because that was so big for me on my healing journey to heal from not only my eating disorder but just all of the mental health struggles that I was going through just realizing that connection between food and my mental health and my my well-being as a whole um so I went on that journey, and I have not looked back since. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have definitely both talked about, like, trying to find alternatives to, like, I, I guess, like, we've both noticed, like, birth control being, like, a factor, like, for both of us, like, in our, like, wellness journey. And we have, like, had intentions of doing, like, an episode about, um, birth control in general because I feel like when you're adding those hormones into your body like it does significantly change like a lot of who you are and we're told that like um well some of us are told that like in health class depending on where you like went to school and everything (laughs) but um yeah I, I I think that is one thing that a lot of people like don't talk about but I I'm curious as to um how you went about like just mending your relationship with food and your body because that was that is one thing that I personally and I I can't speak for Hannah but I can speak for myself that is one thing that I am currently on the journey of because when you have society constantly feeding you social media of these certain celebrities who look a certain way and you are being told like every day on TikTok different diet cultures different trends to start in order to like have a healthier body it gets overwhelming sometimes and someone like me who I've never identified as somebody who has had an eating disorder it does pull me into question of I feel like sometimes I have body dysmorphia because I don't I I feel like the society has constantly just fed me this streamline of this is how you're supposed to look and growing up in a very young age where social media is being introduced and you know celebrities are being introduced to you and you're constantly looking in the mirror and it makes you start to question like how much of your worth is put into your body when really like none of it should be but it gets you're in that young age to where you're not self-aware of that yet so how how can people even younger girls, because we do have some young listeners, I will say, how can you start to mend that relationship? And how did you personally start? Yeah, I will say, I'm going to start by saying that it's definitely not easy. Um, Like you said, for sure, the society that we live in makes it so, so difficult. Um, And it definitely took me a long time. So originally, when I started to heal from my eating disorder, you know, I gained weight, I was eating normally, but I still had um, a form of disordered eating, which is called orthorexia. So when I first started studying nutrition, I went down this other rabbit hole of just being obsessed with health and wellness. So I became obsessed with all of these different diet trends. I tried everything, like anything you could think of, I've tried it. I've been vegan, I've been keto, I've been paleo, I've I've tried intermittent fasting like that was the beginning of my nutrition journey it just kind of like went from one obsession to the other it went from restriction to just trying to have a quote-unquote perfect diet and be super healthy Um, and slowly I started to realize okay this isn't healthy either like at least I'm eating and I'm not restricting myself and I'm not counting calories, but I'm still obsessing over food, and I'm still trying to be perfect, and 
I'm not allowing myself to eat certain foods and I'm really limiting myself and I'm still trying to focus on looking a certain way and things like that. So it definitely took me time to heal from all of that and it was a journey, but I think the number one thing that helped me was just ignoring what everyone else said that I should be doing you know stop following advice from people online or random people that I looked up to and I really just started to tune into my body and ask myself like okay what is good for me and one of those things was you know I was vegan and vegetarian for a long time and I realized that it only made me feel worse like I felt so tired all the time my hormones were more out of whack I just didn't feel like my best self and it was so hard for me because at that time my Instagram grew from me sharing recipes and workouts and things like that so all of my followers I think I had like 20,000 followers at the time they all knew that I was like vegan and vegetarian so my first thought was like what is everyone else gonna think of me when they see that I start eating meat and I had to just let go of all of that programming of like what everybody else thinks and like um how everybody else was going to view me and just really listen to what it is that I need and what my body's asking for and my body personally really thrives with a lot of animal products and protein and carbs and all of the things so I had to just really start to listen to myself that's number one and just like unfollow people that were triggering me or making me feel like I had to eat a certain way um and honestly just healing my relationship with myself and my body and um yoga was a really big part of that for me just getting more into my body and out of my head um somatic work somatic therapy just anything in that realm of tuning into your body healing my nervous system because it's really not about the food the food is just a tool that we're using to escape from whatever it is that's actually um you know harming us deep down whether that's trauma that maybe we don't want to face or certain feelings that we have about ourselves and limiting beliefs and Um, Or maybe we feel out of control and that's our way to feel some sort of control over our life. So it's really important to note that it's not about the food. It's really uncovering deeper and asking yourself, like, what is this about? Do I not trust myself? Do I not trust my body? Do I not feel safe in my body? Do I have trauma that is unhealed within me that I need to look at? Um, So long story short, just um, (laughs) listening to myself, tuning into myself and tuning into my body and just really healing my relationship with myself and my body. I feel like that's so challenging to do in today's time, kind of like what you were talking about, about having to unfollow like certain kinds of people especially in the world of TikTok, like if you somehow end up on health and wellness TikTok, it is just like, honestly, you're trying to keep up with the Kardashians in the sense of so-and-so is doing their hot girl walks every single day and oh, you got to try lemon water, but you also need your greens. And oh, maybe if you take these Ollie supplements and drink a poppy, you'll lose seven pounds in seven days. And it's just like, it is just like constant, like, nonsense that has just spread and I feel like especially for people who are really trying to listen to their body and really trying to heal themselves from within it can become overwhelming because there's so much misinformation spread and then you're like well maybe I should try this maybe I should try this and then you're really not taking into account like what your personal body is saying and I feel like that's something that you know I'm a feeding therapist in the sense of I'm a speech therapist and so I work with kiddos who have feeding difficulties or feeding disorders and so that's one of the biggest things that I try to teach them is to listen to their body and I feel like if you try to I don't know like if you try to do that now I don't know if I missed the boat when I was little but I don't really ever feel like I learned how to do that and so now it's like okay well I'm trying to you know take notes of things like my I have a lot of gut issues and so I'm trying to figure out like what triggers them and and then I'm like well maybe I should just take an ollie and drink a poppy you know (laughs) so it's just it's overwhelming and that's just that that trend I don't know if y'all have seen that but that that trend has been on my freaking tiktok oh yeah I've seen it and it's and it's like 
it's just like what the heck like that that's not going to fix everything and I think everyone wants a quick fix and so it's encouraging for you to come on here and let us know that like it's not a quick fix and you really do have to take the steps that are right for you and I think that that's the part where a lot of people just give up after a couple of days because it's not it's not going their way or it's not getting fixed or you know, they, they come back right into that same cycle that they were in. So that's really encouraging to hear that it can be done. It's just, you know, you have to kind of figure out what's right for you and find those people and those support yes. systems and those therapies that work. Especially so. I feel like in the day and age of Gwyneth Paltrow, I, which I don't know if you've heard like her interview that she did recently where she was going over like, no, like what she eat like in the day or whatever. And she's like, for lunch, I have bone broth. And I'm like, girly that's not a meal like that's that's not lunch that is a liquid <laughs> like and like for she, for she doesn't have breakfast she does intermittent fasting in the morning and then for lunch she has bone broth and i'm like so when are we going to eat food um <laughs> when are we going to use our teeth and right. chew something well, i was about to say emily like mastication chewing is like such a big thing for like our gut and the more that you keep food in the mouth, the more that saliva hits it, the better your body breaks it down. And because of the nature of the culture that we live in, where liquids are such a big portion of our diet with smoothies and greens and all of that, like we're not chewing less. I mean, thinking back to how we were like in, as cave people, we were chewing like raw, raw meat. So like even, no, I'm serious. Like this is something I studied in school. Like, I've, every day's a school day for me. <laughs> We are not chewing the same, so therefore, a lot of us don't even chew enough. You're supposed to chew like 20 times, 20 to 30 times each bite, Um, and the more that your saliva hits the food, the better it breaks down, so a lot of us are having gut issues that we maybe wouldn't have had hundreds of thousands of years ago, and so it's just all very interesting, and it's very interesting that people are so into intermittent fasting and drinking bone broth, and I just, I think it's nice to hear from someone like you, Rachel, who you know, you have tried all of the things and you kind of have just found what works for you. And I think it's really awesome that you're helping other people through that as well. Thank you. And I will say that also what your body needs is always going to change. And that's why when you're constantly looking outward for what it is that you need and what diet you should be following, you're like, you're disconnecting more and more from that the more that you look on the outside and the more you tune inward and the more flexible you can be and not be so rigid with your diet and what it is that you need, the better you're going to feel. Because like I said, as we're getting older, you know, as our priorities change and our lives change, we're always going to need different things. There may be times in your life where you do feel better on a plant-based diet and you do feel better eating less meat. And then you know if you're super active or you're pregnant and you're you know literally bringing a child into this world and your body needs more energy maybe you do need more meat and just listening to that is so 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 important that's a really good point yeah because I can notice within myself and I think I texted Hannah this other day that I was gonna go eat a steak and like I don't ever really eat red meat just because high cholesterol does run in my family and I try to eat um healthier on that aspect but again this girl loves pasta so that's never gonna change but like I could tell I was like I like need like meat of some sort in some way because I can feel like super lethargic and I know that if I have some iron in that sense it will probably give me a little bit more like sense of like mind and just like more like alertness I feel like and it's not something that I do all the time just because of my health conditions but I can taking that away and like noticing more of when my body needs it has been really beneficial I think for me yeah and I will say I I have such beef with like with intermittent fasting um going back to what you said before about (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow I actually did I did a whole like stitch or duet or whatever you call it on that video um because there was just so much wrong with everything she was saying and intermittent fasting is just so it's just so damaging to especially for women like we actually need to be eating consistently for our blood sugar levels and to keep our hormones balanced 
Um, and and also like going back to all of the cavemen stuff and like if you look at like the healthiest countries like Europe and the Middle East, it's like they they aren't drinking green juice every morning and they're not drinking bone broth all the time. They're not skipping breakfast, you know, they're not doing all of these crazy things to like try and be healthy. So it really is not meant to be so hard. And I think we just like to complicate things over here, um, which further is making us more and more unhealthy because it just leads to stress. And yeah, I could go on and on about that. No, I completely (laughs) agree. Yeah. And I think, too, like it's expensive, like all of these things that people are showing and people are going to air one to get their like smoothies like it's just it's expensive (laughs) and it's just like i i don't i don't think it's necessary and i just Mm -hmm. think that there are better ways to be healthy and like even just as simple as like portion control like when you're Mm -hmm. like eating slower when your body is saying you know i'm not feeling hungry anymore take a break see if you actually are hungry like i think Two, also in America, like our port, like the portions that we receive at restaurants are so large. Mm -hmm. And so like my husband and I went to Mexico for our honeymoon and the portions were just like way smaller. And like Mm -hmm. we didn't eat as much and we felt good. Granted, they have better like, you know, gardening situations than we do. (laughs) But, you know, it's just it's just (laughs) not the agriculture better. What's it called? What's it called? Um. Uh, climate they have a better climate Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I think you're so so totally correct in that we just overcomplicate things and we try to like I don't know it's just it's discouraging in a way like when when I go on and I'm like well maybe I should like this girl seems healthy she like has the physique physique that I would like to have okay so maybe I need to do this and then I'm like this is not like it's just not adding up it's not working well no it's like I I I was gonna say I I I saw so many people on my TikTok drinking celery juice so what did I do I went out to press juicery and I bought celery juice one disgusting oh my god how is anybody drinking that second of all I was like (laughs) I I like celery as a food why am I not just eating celery like that sounds like a more productive thing to do For real. And I, I will say I've had all of those phases in the past. So like I was the girl that was putting ashwagandha and whatever, all of those supplements into my smoothies. Like I couldn't just make a regular smoothie. It had to have all of the things in it. And I just after a while, I was like, I feel like this is so extra and so pointless and it's not actually making me healthier. It is nice to have those additions once in a while, but it's like those things like you said are so expensive and they're just not necessary it's it's we're just over complicating things we just need to go back to the basics mm-hmm. yeah so i guess kind of on this and we may have already touched on some but like do you feel like there's any like wellness myths that you have heard that you're just like absolutely not like anything that is like trending or that you've seen people doing like recently or have we kind of touched on them? Um, well, I will say definitely the intermittent fasting, I think, is a big myth. I think fasting can be good once in a while just to give your body a break from having to process your food. Um, but when you're doing it consistently every single day for a long time, I just really don't think, especially for women, I don't think that it's healthy long term. And again, it messes up with your hormones. Like if you're waking up in the morning and you're not hungry, that's actually a sign that something is off. You're supposed to be really hungry when you wake up in the morning. And if not, it means that your body is actually running on stress hormones. Um, So it's not something to be proud of if you wake up and you're like, I am not hungry. I don't have an appetite. I'm not going to eat till 12. So that is definitely a big myth that I see all of the time. Um, I another thing too, which was also in that Gwyneth Paltrow clip that she that's all <laughs> over the place was like this whole trend with vitamin IVs. Um, oh my god! I, yes. Gosh, why is that a thing now? Yes, I, it's just so in LA. Scary. It's such a thing. 
it's such a thing here yeah like to be honest that makes me like a little nervous yeah i'm not sure i want something going like that going straight into because it goes does it go straight into your bloodstream yeah supposedly yeah i just don't like the idea of it because i just don't like the idea of it because i'm afraid that the person whoever is administering it it's not gonna like get the, i'm just afraid of ivs in general because i'm afraid that there's gonna be an air bubble and then i'm gonna die um but like <laughs> that's that would be my fear like i'm literally going to get like a b12 iv and then i die because there was an air bubble in the line so no thank you but i'm glad you're touching on this i would love to talk more about this well, I so funny thing is I'm actually from LA. I moved to Texas a year and a half ago, so trust oh, cool. me, I know I know all the <laughs> I know all the LA craziness um, and all of the Erwan and all of that. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> but I like the the funny thing is it's like people are going and getting IVs without actually having any blood work done, without seeing like. Am I actually deficient in these vitamins? Like, why am I just taking B12 if I have enough? It just does not make sense. And you're literally just, like, throwing money away um, for no reason. So I will say if you're wanting to do that, like, definitely get your blood work done first and make sure that you actually are deficient in whatever vitamin it is that you're taking. Because if you're not, you're literally just wasting money and time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, well, and me- I, I, oh, go ahead, Emily. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, literally, me who is like pale as Bella Swan over here, I do need vitamin D supplements and probably would benefit from a vitamin D IV because I, I've had to take, like, I think my doctor prescribed me one time like a 50,000 milligram of vitamin D to take once a week because I was so deficient in it. And so, I don't need something like a vitamin C IV. Like, I'm I'm good on that one. But vitamin D, like, yeah, those are things where, like, I do have to take a supplement for that. And I do, like, feel better when I am because I don't ever go out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Honestly, most of us are deficient in vitamin D just because it's so mm-hmm. hard to absorb. Um, and our skin has a really hard time absorbing it from the sun. And also we're just not out in the sun enough nowadays. We're not, we're Mm -hmm. mostly inside. Um, so that's a really common one, but even then you could just take like, um, like a liposomal vitamin, a supplement that will, you know, do the job and you don't have to spend like whatever it costs, like $200 (laughs) to get an IV. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, I was gonna say to your to your sentiment earlier, Rachel, about blood work. Like, it's really important to have the blood work done because, like you said, Emily, like you may be super deficient in vitamin D three, but somebody else may go in and their levels may actually be really close to what they need to be, and they may be taking too much, and you don't want to be taking too much. Um, so, I just think this is all super fascinating, and I think that um, I really. Like, my mom's a nurse, my grandma's a nurse, so I've grown up in, like, the medical world, but also I, because of my, the nature of my nine-to-five job, I am really leaning more into that, like, holistic wellness and whole body wellness um, and, you know, incorporating all different kinds of things, um, and so I think, you know, having the blood work done to, like you said, make sure that you're not wasting your money, and, like, because, like, anybody can tell you, like, yeah, just go take a magnesium, or yeah, just go take, you know, some D3, or yeah, you need to be complex or whatever but at the same time like you really may not need those things um so so i just think that's it's very interesting (laughs) no i was just gonna say that on my journey too like when i first got into health and wellness um i was so overwhelmed by all of the information out there and i convinced myself that i had every health issue under the sun i was like i have candida like that's it i can't ever eat anything ever again and like was crying (laughs) sobbing and then and then i went to a naturopathic doctor and i got blood work done and she was like you definitely do not have candida and it was something like super simple i just needed to take like a probiotic to balance out my gut and like some other supplements but it's like like I said going back to the beginning it's like if you're looking online for information you it's the same with like health problems when you're like I have a headache and you google it and it it tells you that you have cancer it's like 
you just can't look for that kind of information online or you're going to drive yourself crazy. You really need to either consult with a professional or learn how to listen to your body and figure out what it is that you are needing. So let's say that you like for me personally, like I feel like I'm I'm having a lot of issues with my gut, just like some some bloating that's never wanting to go away. And just like every morning I wake up kind of feeling like gross in my stomach. Mm -hmm. So I know you're not like really trying to give us it like like you're we're trying to step away from the following the online advice but do like do you have any tips like on how to go about figuring out what's wrong or like do you recommend like you said like just trying to seek out a professional because I feel like even like just going to see a GI doctor like they just either put you on some sort of like like medicine or you know they're like oh it's fine like just you know use this a couple days um or like oh just take a probiotic so I just didn't know if you like had any thoughts or tips that you know you've you've felt or you've seen work with trying to heal your own personal gut so yeah with gut health that's such a great question because I feel like so many people are struggling with that And Mm -hmm. I will say that I think stress is just the number one thing that ruins your gut. And I would always go back to that. Um, That's why I'm really big on somatic work, because I really think I honestly I was talking with a friend about this today. I feel like most of our health issues and our anxiety and mental health issues, like so both mental and physical, I feel like most of our issues come from. Um, having a dysregulated nervous system and just being stressed out all of the time and not healing from past trauma and just constantly being in this state of fight or flight it can really wreak havoc on everything in your body so I would say that's the most common thing that I see when it comes to gut health is just stress Um, And another misconception when it comes to gut health too is, and I used to think this as well, is that if you're having gut issues, you need to cut a bunch of things out of your diet. So the first thing that people usually cut out is gluten, sugar, dairy, um, you know, processed foods, quote unquote junk food, um, things like that. Like those are the first things to go. And while, yes, there are definitely foods that can trigger whatever is happening in your gut, the foods are not necessarily the issue. It's it's the state of your gut and, like, what is happening in your gut. Um, and once you heal that, you can go back to eating those foods. But the biggest misconception is that you need to just cut everything out of your diet. But your gut actually really thrives off of variety and your gut mm. needs to have you know, needs to be exposed to all of these different foods in small amounts and to have variety and balance in order to really thrive. So sometimes cutting out a bunch of things is actually harming your gut more. So I would say that's like the biggest um, misconception that I see as well when it comes to gut health and people talking about it. Um, But what really helped me when I was struggling with gut issues other than somatic therapy and working on my nervous system was just going and getting um, getting blood work done and getting a stool test and actually getting tested with a naturopathic doctor who's able to run all of those tests to see like, okay, what is actually happening here? Um, Because if you take a random probiotic, there's so many probiotics out there. Um, you can actually harm your gut even more if you're not taking the right probiotic and you could actually imbalance your gut by having too much of a good bacteria quote-unquote so you want to figure out what is actually happening in your gut like what um, what bacteria am I missing what do I have too much of and that way you can figure out a plan that's best for you but I would really say without getting that done you're just kind of lost feel you're just left feeling lost and confused and you could hurt yourself even more so i would say my top three things are reducing stress um not being so obsessed when it comes to diet and not trying to just automatically rule out every food group and then number three is actually getting tested with a naturopathic doctor can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about um 
Well, um, I might pronounce it wrong. The somatic therapy that you were just talking about for like our listeners that may not know like what that is. Can you explain it like a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So somatic therapy is anything that has to do with the body to help you regulate your nervous system. So that can look like yoga. That can look like meditation and breath work. That can look like literally punching your pillow or yelling and like letting that out. It's just. (laughs) I have been saying for months, I want to go to the side of a cliff and scream. Do it. Yeah. Maybe I need to just go do it. (laughs) Yes, I'm all for that. Um, That's funny. And then sleeping is a form of somatic therapy, resting, allowing your nervous system to rest, but it's just any form of movement or anything with the body that's helping you release whatever is stuck there from your past trauma from from stress and just getting that out so that you can regulate your nervous system and get back to a regulated state and i'm sure working on your mental health to help lower like cortisol levels and decompress and like not having your phone by your bedside uh, like when you go to sleep to help like soothe and like regulate that helps to regulate more of your nervous system because I feel like that is something for me that has always been an issue is like probably my cortisol levels because I do hold so much stress in my body like literally before we got on one I was like wow I need to go get my hair done and touched up second of all why do I have so many gray hairs oh my god I'm stressing out way too much um and that is what's causing that and then I just feel like I can feel the tit- like the tightness like in my back and my shoulders and I'm just like my body is literally telling me to calm the fuck down. <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. And your body is where we hold everything. So a lot of times we focus so much on our mind and you know going to talk therapy and trying to change our thoughts and our limiting beliefs, but we can't actually change that without changing what's happening in our body because if our body is in this fight or flight state, our mind is going to follow and we're never going to get out of that loop. So it really starts with the body. And that's why I'm so passionate about this form of therapy and just working with the body to regulate the nervous system. Cause it's really, we hold everything here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. But I think one thing that I would love to kind of like wrap up this whole episode is I want to like talk about like what were some boundaries that you had to put in place in order to start healing your relationship like with food and to start um, paying more attention to what your body was telling you. Because for me, I have definitely stopped being on my phone like an hour at least before I go to bed and trying to read instead. And also like I'm notorious for being the person that's up to like 1 a.m. and like getting five hours of sleep and like knowing that like that I'm turning 30 this year I need to stop doing that and like go to bed at like 10 a.m. like 10 p.m. like at the latest um but I would love to know like what boundaries did you start implementing into your life yeah I love that question um I think number one was surrounding myself with friends that had a healthy relationship with food and not surrounding myself with people who are constantly talking down on their bodies or the way that they looked and always saying like, oh, I need to go on a diet or I can't eat this, I can't eat that. Because for me, that was just not healthy for me to be around. And I wanted to be around people that had a really healthy relationship with food and their body. So, you know, when I hang out with my friends now, nobody ever has any of that language happening none of my friends Mm. are ever like oh I I look so fat or I look so gross or I can't eat this thing or I I don't know like any of those things that are really common I had to really be aware of who I was surrounding myself with and not just friends but just the shows that I watched who I was following on Instagram and social media um And really just started to surround myself with the kind of things that I wanted to embody. Um, And I think with, I think I would definitely start with social media and then just start to notice like the people that you're surrounding yourself with, friends, family, anything like that. I love that. That's great. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I 
have loved talking to you and like speaking on all of this. I think it's been really educational. Trust me, I've learned a lot um, from both of you guys because <laughs> I didn't know half of that stuff. But um, before we let you go, we would love for you to, um, we'd love to just get like a survival tip. That's how we end every episode is a survival tip on the matter that we've talked about. And I would love to know if you have like an overall tip that you would love to give the gals about healing their relationship with food, healing their relationship with their bodies and just overall like nutrition, like where they can start. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I just want to say too that I want everyone listening to know that it is possible to heal your relationship with food. And I feel like sometimes it can seem so daunting and so impossible, but I am being 100% honest when I say that I eat whatever it is that I want, whenever it is that I want, and I don't obsess over food, I don't obsess over my body, and it is the best, most freeing feeling, and it is possible for everybody because I was I was on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, and I didn't see a way out, and now I am here where I am now, so I just want to remind you that it is possible. And my biggest tip would just be to to tune inward, to be with your body, be with yourself, spend more time with yourself. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking about healing your relationship with yourself first before you heal any other relationship, whether it's with food, with other people, with your job, your career, whatever it is, it all starts with you. So if you just you know spend more time with yourself get to know yourself be more present with yourself in your body it'll be easier and easier for you to heal that relationship with food once you love yourself and heal your relationship with you everything else will just fall into place i love that i love that that was awesome yeah well before we let you go we would love for you to have the mic the mic is all yours tell people where they can find you where they can get more information and follow your story so my website is the full life by rachel.com and my podcast is the full life by rachel and you can find me on instagram at rachel underscore k-a-t-z underscore and i offer one-on-one coaching i offer group coaching i host retreats in person and I would love to have you just be a part of my community. So that's where you can find me. We will include all the links to all of that like in the show notes. So you gals will have easy access to it. But thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on. We've thoroughly enjoyed this. We've thoroughly had so much fun. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I loved being here. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Oh, 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 oh